Welcome to New Destiny Christian Center's Message of the Week. We pray that you enjoy this message and that it blesses you in your walk with God. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us online at www.NewDestinyChristianCenter.com. Amen. It's a night of activation. And so I hope you have your seatbelts on and you're ready. We're going to have some fun tonight. Okay, we're going to have a good time. Okay, what's the word of the year? Activation. I love activation. I keep saying the more I do about activation, the more I like activation. Now, the biggest part with where we're at with activation right now, you're starting to hear the chatter. I mentioned this a little bit on Sunday. You're starting to hear the chatter. People are talking about activation and getting excited about it. But activation without the action doesn't do much. All right? And so we're at a place where we've begun to talk about activation. We've begun to talk about what it is. We, people get excited about it. And so we're beginning to move into a little bit of a different phase where we start to activate. And so tonight we're going to do some of that. All right? It's exciting, isn't it? It says in 2 Timothy 2.15, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I was sitting and I was reading about Stephen, right? You all know who Stephen is in the book of Acts, right? He was was a disciple. He was was somebody that was uh, uh, in there and and filled with the Holy Ghost and those kind of things. And they, they, they picked him to serve tables. He was a servant, and so as he began to serve tables, though, it says that he didn't just pass out the meatloaf. He was one that he did it with an authority, with a power. He saw miracles take place. God was moving. Well, one day, there was an uprising that began to take place, and they weren't real happy, and the religious folks grabbed a hold of Stephen and decided they wanted to make an example of him. They didn't like what was going on. They didn't like that people were getting healed. They didn't like that people were beginning to call out on Jesus' name. And so they grabbed a hold of him. And Stephen, on that day, began to preach the gospel. He began to preach. Okay? One of the things that we want to release in this season is the gift of preaching. Okay? And that's a, it's a gift that is given to people. Not everybody has it. Some people are more teachers. Right? Some people are more listeners. Some people are preachers. And so uh, we want to begin to develop all these different gifts. So I wanted to have an amen corner tonight. Okay, I wanted to have an amen corner. Now, with the amen corner, what I want to do is, is... Yes. I got certain names in here, not everybody's names in here, but I just want you to pick out one name first and show it, give it to me. All right, and when I read your name, if if your name is here, I want you to come up, just pick a chair and sit down. Okay? The first name, Tiffany. Pick a chair. the amen corner. Amen. Paul. Amen. 
brought him back here. You got to get him. Oh, there he is. You're part of the amen corner. Just pick a chair and sit down. Nope, just pick a chair and sit down. You already got your name. Part of the Amen Corner. Right, we got one more. We got room for four. Victoria. Well, you're supposed to be preachers. Preachers have to have a little bit of a loud mouth. So. Here's, here's what we're going to do. Now, this is Stephen, when, when he, was, uh, uh, he was just going about his business, he was preaching, doing what he normally does, all of a sudden they grab a hold of him, they begin to accuse him, they begin to do all this stuff, and he had to, just like that, pick up and begin to preach. He had to have it on the inside. See, a preacher has to have the ability to pull from their spirit and preach. You don't always have time to prepare you don't always have time to spend all day in the Word. You don't always have time to fast and to pray. You have to be able to pull it up out of your spirit. And do it. So this is part of activation. So here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. I have, I think, I don't know, six or seven different topics in here. And we're going to go in the order that, that we picked your names. Amen. Okay. Amen. And we're going to pick out, we're going to pick out a topic. And you're going to have, and you have to go between five and seven minutes. If you hit seven minutes, I'm going to stop you. But what I want them to do, okay, now this is something that's it's exciting, it's fun. I don't want, I mean, there's a nervy part of it, right? You've got to be a little bit bold and, and daring to, to preach. But... It's, it's to pull it out. So you have to pull the preacher out of them. you gotta, you got to pull the preacher out of them. Okay? Does that make sense? Okay. So this is part of activation. Okay, so I have a timer up here. You push start. you got to go... So, here we go. Yeah. So you hit start. I'm going to time you on here, too, so that I can, I can check in, make sure that you're good. If I can find my timer. She's going to be preaching on witnessing. Oh. 
of sinners. I'm talking to a room of Christians that know Jesus. This is not for the sinner. This is for us. We are the body of Christ. The way we witness is by first going to God and saying, Lord, I don't know everything, but I know you. And he who lives in me is greater than he who lives in this world. So what does the person I'm about to meet need? And I'm telling you, every time is an opportunity. Everywhere you go, everywhere you walk is an opportunity. I ask God to purposely make me uncomfortable everywhere I go. Because if I'm comfortable witnessing, what am I really doing? Am I living for Jesus? Am I even, even really living for him? Because Jesus was uncomfortable the entire time he walked to the cross. He was not comfortable. He literally walked as if we were walking. He walked in our sins. He carried our iniquity. He was literally being mocked and beaten and whipped as if we, it was us. Okay? So we can't sit here and act like, oh, being a Christian's all cute. No. It's not cute. Because Jesus was not cute walking to the cross. He was sweating. He was thirsty. He was hungry. He was broken. It wasn't his brokenness. It was ours. And the way he witnessed was through silence. He walked and did the actions of what only he could do for us. Because if we try to do it now without him, we're just going to be walking in religion and we're going to be hurting people and breaking people the way that he was broken. Rules are not going to save people. The love of Jesus will. And I'm telling you, I'm still on the love walk, okay? Because sometimes old Tiff wants to rise up and I'm like, you're dead. Shut up, you're dead. Because the way you witness is through Jesus. If people see you, you don't have enough of Jesus in you. Because they shouldn't be saying, oh, you know, I see Carrie. No, I see Jesus. I see Jesus. There was a time me and her just went out. And the dude was just kept saying how he saw Jesus. Literally, God had us tag team in this homeless man. He literally put us in a restaurant where this man would be. And we were saying when we got there, oh, man, we want to meet the guy with the cart. And the whole place, there could have been any seat. And God put us right next to him. And we were there for two hours sharing the gospel with him. He was out of his mind. But by the time he left, he was in his right mind. And he was ready to just be filled with the love of God. If you're witnessing to people and they leave the same exact way, you need to go to your prayer room and ask Jesus what's going on. You got to go. I'm serious. Because there's been times I witnessed to people and they left worse off. I'm going to be honest. But now I realize you got to go to prayer first. You got to be in the word and you got to have a fresh word for them. You got to have the manna they need. Not what you want to give them, but what, what they need. And guess what? Everybody in here who has Jesus Christ in them has the Holy Spirit. And God said that he is the comforter, the helper. That he will send the helper to us, which we have. Which means we don't got to rely on ourselves. And when we rely on ourselves, we screwed up. Let's just be honest. So what are we going to do this week? We're going to witness to people from where? First from the prayer room. Amen. Amen. Okay, that's it. Oh, that was 546. Yeah, buddy. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Good job. Okay. So you got to be a witness. Five point, if you get more answers right, you'll get five points. No, if you got to get more answers on your test right in order to get more points. Right. With her. One, you got one? Prayer. Prayer. 
preach. <laughs> I'm remembering a conversation we had earlier today. Prayer. Woo. I, I, I struggled so much when I first got saved with prayer that I would always go to Debbie and I'd be like, all right, Deb, you got to, you got to. You got, you got to light this thing up. You got to take care of this. You got to do this because she, she could pray. She would pray, and I would just sit back and watch. And then I went to a men's conference, and I got around some men that can pray. I'm talking nothing like it. I'm talking about it now, and I, I'm getting tingly again because I got in this room with these guys, and they started lighting it up. And they were praying, and it was like the room was shaking with with the way that they were praying and the way that they were crying out. And then I started seeing them getting so overwhelmed, they were crying. They were crying out. Then I had to leave. I went outside because I, I couldn't contain it. I had never experienced something like that. Then when I came back in, they were still at it and at it and at it, and I'll never forget it. Then I realized there were a lot of things in my life that weren't going the way I wanted them. So I'm, I got to give this prayer thing a shot. So I started getting up early, started praying in the morning. Mm, something? Yeah, no, no, morning prayer. I'm, I'm there. But in the beginning, it wasn't so productive. It was hard. It seemed like every time I got up and I started to pray, things came into my head. Things that I wasn't trying to pray about. Anybody feel me? You know what I'm talking about? Then, then it sounded like my list started coming to my head. Then I was praying for my list, and then, then something else would come to my head, and I was praying for that. And then I would get out of prayer, and I didn't feel like I really got anything done. I didn't think anything was moving, right? Then I started talking to other people about it. I went to some other men that I know, and I went to some other women that I know, and I started talking about prayer. What, what happens with it? What are you doing? Then I realized that although my heart was... I was trying to pray. I wasn't doing the prerequisite to prayer. And that's the drawing closer to God. The reading my word. It's a package. I get in the word, I start to understand things a little better. So now when I'm praying, my prayers are more effective. Then I realized that I was reading enough of the word that when I was praying, the word was coming out while I was praying. Then I realized that when I was in situations and things were going on in my life, that these, these, this word was coming up inside me, and then that's what I was using to pray. Now I was praying God's word. Now I was reminding God of what he said. And I don't want to say it like that. I almost went, oh, hold him accountable for what he said. Thank God you said. You promised. But see, we can do that with God because God don't lie. He don't lie. He wrote it. It's true, right? Now, then, there were some things going on in my marriage, and we won't get into all that, but there were some things going on in my marriage, and I was really, really, really in, in a bad place. And I went and I bought this book, and it was um, The Power of a Praying Husband. I have given that book away to over two dozen men since I read it. Amen. When I read that book, I realized that everything I was praying for my wife was to make my life better. <laughs> True story. 
True story. Everything I was praying for my wife was to make my life better or easier. In the midst of reading that book, I realized a lot about my prayer life. It wasn't only I was doing that with my wife, right? But I was doing that with the other things in my life. I was praying for God to get this person out of my life and God to change this situation at work and God to do this and God to do that. And the whole time, God's trying to change Paul. So then as I'm reading this book about the power of praying husband, it opened my eyes to so much about what I needed to pray, the way I needed to pray, trying to get God's view on the way I pray. And it is such a part of my life now. Like, it's amazing that you can pray things five years ago. I was praying things for my wife five years ago that I'm seeing fruit today. Because God don't forget. I forgot about the prayer. I forgot what I prayed. Then he reminded me when I'm watching it happen in my wife and happen in my life and happen in my business. I prayed to be at a church where I could have freedom to worship the way I wanted to worship. This was years ago. And now I'm at that place where, you know, crazy's good here. You know I mean? Crazy's allowed. You can be crazy up here. It's good. But it's an answer to prayer. Right? So let me ask you a question. Why do we do it last? Why do we do it last? Why do we exhaust every bit of effort and energy? And then go, okay, I'll pray. Like, God's got to have us in a submission hold or something for us to pray. I think we're learning and we're in this, I love this season of activation, you know, because activating our prayer life changed everything. It changed our life, it changed our families. And when we really wrap our mind around it, the Holy Spirit showed me one day, you know, when I'm praying for my kid, I'm praying for my third, fourth generation grandkids. You know what I mean? And we're first generation. I'm first generation Christian. So from this point on, everything after this has changed. And I'm praying for my great-grandson's wife already. For real. I mean it. I am. I take nothing for chance. Right? But that's how committed we have to be about the power of prayer and what it can do. And let me tell you something, too. I don't care how bad it is. If I pull over in my truck and I'm crying and I'm praying, it gets better. For some reason, it just breaks. It breaks. Holy Spirit gets in the truck with me. We get it all together. It's good. And honestly, a lot of times, I don't have any other answer. I just, I feel better. I may not have got the exact answer I wanted or an answer at that time, but I feel better. Then I'm clearer in my head, and when I'm clearer in my head, I'm not chewing somebody else's head off. You know what I mean? And I'm paying attention. Then I'm in a position for God to really open my eyes and for God really to bless me. So we need to activate our prayer lives. We need to get serious about it and not wait till last. You realize what happens when you wait till the end? You're already worn out and lost a lot of energy. Yeah. <laughs> it's even harder to pray then. And that's it. Right? You're out of time. Oh. praying that you're activated this year yes. right okay because there's, there's something powerful about it he's gonna pick whichever one he picks 
Just say, I won't announce it. Worship. <laughs> preach it, brother. Preach it. Don't put us to sleep. All right, so I'm talking about worship. So your Bible declares in John chapter 4, verses 23 through 24, that the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So what does it mean to worship? Does it mean that we spend, as of late, 45 minutes up here singing, lifting our hands, dancing and jumping and crying? No. Worship, that's a part of it, but it goes beyond it. Worship has to do with our life. How about worshiping God at home? When I'm with my wife and my sons, how am I worshiping God there? When I'm on my job, how am I worshiping God there? Worship goes beyond my song, because if I'm not living the life I sing about, then I'm a fraud. Come on, now, y'all supposed to pull the preacher out of me. If you pray, I'll preach. Worship goes beyond what we do here on Sundays and Wednesdays and even for our Friday fires. Worship is a, an important element of who we are as believers. If we look at that scripture, it says the, the, the hour coming now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in two ways, in spirit and in truth. That denotes to me one thing. Number one, You've got to know who he is, my Savior. You've got to know who God is. You cannot say you're a Christian and you worship God in ignorance. You worshiping God in ignorance is like you trying to bake a pound cake and you don't know what goes in it. Help me, Jesus. You trying to worship God in ignorance is like you trying to put together a project and you have not read the directions. In order for us to worship God in spirit and in truth, we have to know who he is. And in order for us to know who he is, we've got to go to his word. Why? Because his word tells us who he is. And because his word tells us who he is, his word will reveal to us who we are. Because we cannot find out who we are unless we find out who he is. And it is in worship. It's to spend time in his presence, getting before him, saying, God, I really don't know who I am. So, God, I'm going to worship you. And as I worship you, as I bow down in your presence, as I get before you, God, you're going to show me who you are. Because worship creates intimacy. God, into me, see. Chaya. When you worship God, oh, God, when you worship God from that place, there are things about yourself God will show you that you don't like. But he will make you confront them in order for you to be the person that he's calling you to be. When you worship God, oh, worship is so powerful. We take it for granted sometimes. That's why when you get here late on Sunday morning, when you come for the Lord, you don't get the fullness of the service if you miss worship. You don't understand what happens when you miss God. Because understand, what you're looking for through the word, you might find it in worship. 
the healing that you're looking for in the word, you might find that in worship. The deliverance that you find in through the word, you can find that in worship, but you got to get here early. And you got to get yourself involved in the worship. That's why Sunday morning when you worship, you shouldn't just be standing here looking like this. Getting in the, even if you don't know the song, you can let it minister to you. And as you allow that thing to minister to you, God himself will minister to you in the worship. Because when the worship is right, oh, when the worship is right, God will begin to move. When the worship is right, that circumstance in the home that you've been facing, God can do it as you worship. When the worship is right, the hell that you left at home, God can fix it as you worship Him here. He takes care of it there. But there's something powerful about your worship. When you worship, I'm sorry, I'm getting happy. When you worship God, you don't know what God will do for you as you worship. Because there's something powerful about worship. When someone gets before God, and let me say this to my brothers. My brothers, I know we're coming here, and I know that we are in here, and we have our posts, and that's all right. But even on your posts, worship. Because there's nothing like when the head of the house, brothers, if you are the head of your house, there's nothing like when you worship. Sisters, I thank God for you worshiping. But brothers, when you worship, your worship pierces heaven. <laughs> when you worship, you don't understand. You're saying, devil, not my house. Devil, not my family. Devil, get out of here in Jesus' name. When you worship, when you worship, when you worship, there's something powerful. God gets involved. When you worship, you're literally calling heaven into your situation. When you worship, you're literally telling God, all right, God, I've done all I can do. I've said all I can say. Now you've got to come on through. you got to break through here. That's why we say about break through so much. Because in worship, God literally breaks through. And when he breaks through, you can break out and praise him. So when you worship, uh, understand that heaven is fighting for you because worship is warfare. When you go to worship every Sunday morning, you're going into warfare. That's why you can't afford, oh my God, I wish I could hoop this. This is why when you go into worship, when you come on Sunday morning, you can't afford to miss service. You can't afford to miss worship and praise. You got to come in here strapped and ready to fight because in worship, we're literally in a fight. When we worship God, we're literally in the ring. Like, come on, devil, take your best shot. Come on in here. Come on, I got you. Come on. I got, oh, I got praise here. I got worship here. I got fight my, when I fight my parents. I'm lifting my hands in worship. And when I worship, I don't have to fight because God fights for me. So there's something powerful about our worship. And when we worship God in spirit and in truth, Meaning when you worship him according to the truth that's laid out in the word. See, when you worship God outside of truth, then you are giving God strange fire. Bible talked about how the sons of Aaron offer a strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. They weren't authorized to offer up anything. But when you get into truth, when you get into the word of God and you find you find yourself in worship according to the word of God, then the worship becomes right. And when the worship becomes right, right. God begins to move. Time to sit down, Stephen. Time to sit down. <laughs> now, now, just so you know. 
None of these guys, because there was more names in that box, they had no idea that we were doing this tonight. And they have no idea what they're doing it on. Right? But you can see that there's a pull. Now, what I want you to get is see how you can pull the preacher out. Right? When you're in a service, you help pull an anointing out by drawing on the gift. All right, last one. Let me go get my box. There's one really hard one. There's one really hard one in here that hasn't been picked yet. How many here knows that we are in a warfare? So we are in a spiritual warfare. So something that I like to link warfare is with faith. And let me tell you something. God gave me a, he gave me a hint. So in Hebrews 11 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So, warfare, you need to have faith. Because when you are praying for someone, like when you're witnessing, when you are praying, when you are worshiping, like we have already learned, and they have preached marvelously, everything is warfare. Because there is a war in the, in the spiritual realm that you have to conquer by faith. Like Daniel was praying, and he was praying, and he was fasting, and he was praying, and he, he presented a, a resistance in the spiritual realm because he was praying a warfare, a victory. So the heavens were. So we have to get up and say, okay, yes, I'm coming down. You did it too. So, who likes to fight here? We all like to fight here. Who likes to win here? Yes, especially women here. Yes. Especially married ones too. So, when we, when we have that passion inside, that we know that we are right... We know that we have the answer, and we know that we are truth, like we worship in truth, in spirit in truth, so we are passionate, and we go and we say no. We battle, and we go to warfare with our husbands or friends or something. So that is the passion that God wants us to have when we pray, when we do warfare about our family, about what we are witnessing, about when we are worshiping, because when we worship, you know these things that have been happening here in, in Sundays and Wednesdays that we come and dance, and, and you know that you're doing warfare? That's why when the newcomer comes, or the person that is not solid here at the church feels freedom, and he said, I want that too. That is warfare because you're declaring the words of the Lord. You're, you are speaking faith 
the, the things that are hoped for. You're praying, you've been praying and witnessing to your family. You're being praying and witnessing to so many people. But are you believing that what you're praying will be done? Because that's, that's faith. Faith is a step that don't matter you see, you don't see it or you don't feel it like we sing it. It does, like we sing it here, the song that it said, even, even when I don't feel it, even when I don't see it, you are working. That's warfare. That's, that's faith in action. Let me tell you something. When I was single a couple of years ago, let's not count. Let's not count. A couple of years ago, um, I said, God, I want a man, and I, uh, I want a husband, but I want a, a, a husband, a faithful husband, a, a, the one that loves you. And I, do, I did a lot of description, three pages of description, okay? <laughs> God says the, in faith, he said that you have the things that you hope for. So I hope very, very specifically so in that, in that prayer, in that, in, that, in that petition, in that faith that I proclaimed, there was warfare. Warfare is not only the, the, the fighting and the, it's, it's just anything that is faith is a warfare. Because logic will fight for you. Logic will say, no, it's not possible. Let me tell you. Those three pages that I write from my, uh, describing my husband, precisely those three pages were him. So it, it wasn't a doubt. When he arrived to my life, when God gave it to him, me, to him, there was no doubt in my head or in my mind or in my life that he wasn't the one. Because when God revealed, I had that warfare for almost seven years for him. When he came... I receive my blessing because that's what you do when with warfare you pray believing by faith that no matter how impossible that that person that you are ministering that you are witnessing that no matter how difficult the situation is no matter what God will fight for you because God we just learned he's not a liar so his promises are yes and amen he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we have to pray. We have to worship. We have, we have to witness, believing that the battle that we, have, that we have has been won. We just have to say, thank you, Father, because he's already won. Thank you, Father, because my blessing is here. Let me tell you, I can tell you how many, how many warfare battles that I have um, and I have had. I even am battling now with the, with the healing of my kids. Let me tell you, when I came, when I came to God, I told God, God, I want, to I want to be like those prophets, like they experience miracles and wonders. I want to be like that. But you know, with all my, the, the conditions that the doctors have said about Isaac and his autistic and, and, and his seizures disorders and, and all the surgeries that he have had, God told me, you know what? I need, I need people that believe that I am still the miracle worker. And that is warfare. I don't see it now. 
I don't see it that he's completely healed and he's completely uh, uh, speaks and he, he, he can be out of medi medication, but I believe it like it already is done. So because you know and believe it, although you don't see it, you partake of the blessing and say, thank you, God, because my warfare, my petition, my faith is already done. It's already granted. Amen? Amen. Excellent job. Excellent. Amen. Give a big God bless. So why is this important to you? Well, th there's a few reasons, but one of them is everything that they preached on, right, are part of the boring basics that we'll, you'll hear us talk about sometime. Right? It's important that you get that stuff in you, not, not just learning it in your head, but you begin to get it in you because when you're out about your life and somebody comes up and asks you a question or talks to you about your faith, you don't have time to go study the word and pray and fast and do these different things. You have to begin to have it in your spirit so that you can serve them a meal that's going to meet their need. Right? You may never have to do this, but I pray that all of you have to be able to witness to somebody and have to be able to share your faith. So you have to fill your well. Have it in you. Learn how to do it. Right? It doesn't have to come across the way that they brought it when you're witnessing to someone in person. Or, but there's always that opportunity to be able to have the information. Right? Paul told Timothy, study to show yourself approved. You may not be ashamed. Okay? Study to show yourself approved. Be ready in season and out of season. In Jesus' name. Amen. Did you just enjoy that? Amen. A little bit different tonight. Why don't you stand to your feet and I'm going to pray a blessing over you. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. And Father, I pray that your hand would be upon each and every one, that, Lord, you would bless them in every way possible. That, Father, you would anoint the words of their lips, that you would bless the work of their hands, that you would guide the steps of their feet. And, Father, you would give them the words to speak in season and out of season. So, Father, I pray that you would protect and bring us back safely in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to New Destiny Christian Center's Message of the Week. We pray that this message bless you in your walk with God. Visit us on our website at www.newdestinychristiancenter.com or on our Facebook or Instagram pages.